Hello and welcome back to episode two of the Wax to Pat Lyrical, the UK-based podcast for NFL trading card collectors here in the UK and around the world. Before we uh, have a little talk about what happened in episode one and tell you what's coming up in episode two, let's meet your Wax Pat Lyrical starting presenters. Yeah, Ryan Slaughter, uh, Birmingham City University, five foot four, two hundred pounds. Dan Hewitt, you of life, five ten. I don't know how many pounds I am. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Walter, the Beetham Church of England Middle School, six foot two and way too much around the middle. Right, gentlemen. Episode one seemed to go down quite well, both here and uh, across in the states. Uh, just looking back on a couple of things from uh, episode one, which people brought up, people seem to enjoy our fans of the game part on there. Uh, we said during that episode that t- that uh, the fans of the game, the celebrity autographs, were going for sixty or seventy dollars. I think a couple of days after that, we went to look back and we saw them going for about one hundred and fifty dollars a time. Uh, so, Ryan, have have your new cards arrived yet? Uh, no, my new cards haven't arrived yet. No. <laughs> I was I, I was actually looking at one honestly because because we're doing some research for the show we were looking at it and it kept coming up on my eBay and I was like shall I bid on it shall I bid it no no leave it alone leave it alone yeah th- there was the uh, Eric uh, Strada the guy from Chips one which that, was that, about that was the one dollars. that was the one yeah the one. we we could have gone into a bidding war after slating that but <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> so, since the first episode, gents, what's happened in your weekend cards? Bought anything? Sold anything? Hit anything? There's been some uh, breaks going on in the UK Breakers group. Uh, I'll go. I made a trade. Um, traded one, one of one for three, which is always nice. Um, I had to give away a decent one, unfortunately, to get the other three. I haven't really bought anything. Most of my money's been spent on breaks. Um, and I'm only halfway through watching the season opener, so I don't know how I've done in that yet. What uh, what did you uh, give up and which card did you get then, Dan? I gave up an immaculate Kelvin Benjamin rookie auto, one of one. And I picked up an Anthony Barr, one of one, Cordell Patterson and Cortland Sutton. Uh, autos or just uh, one-on-ones? The, uh, the Cordell Patterson's a patch one-on-one. The other two are autos. Uh, one of them's a sticker auto, which is a letdown on a one-of-one, but what are you going to do? Exactly. What have you uh, had coming and going this week, Ryan? Um, yeah, so I sold um, a Jake Ryan Michigan State um, check-out-my-patch kind of card, number to five from Flores Collegiate, um, last year's product. Um, that That got me in a nice little bit of bank um sold it to a guy a, a serious collector in the states and he was well delighted and that went over there fine so that was all good just to allay those people in the united states if you want to buy cards from us was you know it's all good and um, we buy a lot from you um so that was really pleasing that he was happy um and with that i invested in um some a couple of leaf flash um which went really really well because um the titans um they didn't make the cut <laughs> <laughs> so, so they don't play for the Titans anymore. One got waived and now plays for the Dolphins. So uh, a certain person is going to get that on the way to them. Um, uh, I also picked up a cheeky uh, Taewon Taylor uh, select auto because I might try and go for last year's rainbow. 
Um, and I also picked up an Earl Campbell uh, Flores Collegiate Auto and also a Ricky Williams Game Worn Dual Patch Auto as well. This week for uh, the major scenario, definitely by the sounds of it then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've told people, well, a lot of people know that I don't, I don't, not, not on eBay all the time. I sort of have spits and spurts is how I manage what my what I do with the hobby. So I'll have like a one month off, um, one month on type sort of thing. So that's me done for a little while. I'm buying. Very simple. I've been um, building up my Rashad Penny collection on eBay. Um, I thought I'd just get the one National Treasures. Uh, collegiate auto card in there but I think I've picked up four or five of them now because there's about five variations uh, mainly out of the 99 I'm not going for the uh, the high numbers uh, I've got a couple of nice booklets of his that are winging their way to Seattle as I speak which I'll be collecting in a couple of weeks time when I'm out there uh, haven't sold anything uh, we've all been in the in the breaks there was the big one as Dan mentioned earlier the big UK uh, pre-season mega mixer today I had a little flip through that a few seals cards came out i won't spoil it for people that uh, are yet to see the the break video but the last box that steve opened the greatest hits ones then in the title that is greatest hits that was pure card porn came out of uh out of this one so so right then episode two uh no guest interview this week we have got a feature coming up that we've uh written and to review it's called from beecher to barkley a brief history of nfl trading cards got some of our regular segments coming up uh, ryan's rant will be here we'll be asking dan uh, two questions about the hobby and one very personal question tonight as well which is going down quite well um new releases there's only a couple coming up we're not going to touch on those three product reviews as well and a little bit of a NFL preview as it's week one starting uh, Thursday night with the main schedule of games for this Sunday. So without further ado, let's go into the first section and that's product reviews. Three products to review. Uh, first one that we're going to have a look at uh, is Certified Football. Dan, throw us the stats on this one, please, mate. So we're released on the 25th of July. You're going to get five cards per pack, 10 packs per box, 24 boxes per case, four autographs or memorabilia cards per box, and it currently is at $126 a box. Okay. What do we all think of that? Good things, bad things? Certified football. Uh, I think certified football is, uh, it, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's fairly low end. Um, I've never been a massive fan um, I think that um, Certified Cuts, which is a, I hope they're not a product that's coming down the line, and it's one of the worst products ever made. Um, certified Football, yeah, it is what it is. It's a base-heavy product. Um, I do like the Immortals Parallels. I like the Mirror Signatures. They're pretty cool and collectible, uh, especially the short prints um, on the purple set. I think they're to 99 50 or 30 um, But it's, you know, it's, it's just your low-end, the sort of middle-of-the-road, sticker auto-y, um, but there's a few inserts then that are quite nice. Dan, I would I would pretty much agree. It's it's pretty basic. Um, some parts of it I really like. I like the gold team cards in there. They look a bit. It's hard to describe. A bit sort of washed out. Um, but they, but it's a really nice look on a card. Can't talk about certified without saying that there's a prospect of a Tom Brady auto in there, which we haven't had for. I'm not convinced. I'm not sure how many years it is, but um, it's quite a few years. 
Other than other than the prospects of a Brady, I haven't got a lot else to, to say about it that Ryan hasn't already said. No. Um, yeah, certified football. Uh, lower end, but probably higher end of the lower end, if we all know what we're talking about there. Freshman fabric, some of the patches come out actually do look quite decent. There is a, a good selection of rookies in there, not just 10 or 15 names that you find in some products. So if you are chasing some of your your picks from the draft for a certain team, then there's quite a few to hit. Uh, lots of different autographs in there as well. And, and the base set is quite good. The, the pictures in there, are, it, it seems a decent quality card for a lower end set. So all in all, yeah, pretty decent. But again, lower end, lots of sticker autos, but plenty to collect for uh, the lower end market. Second product we're uh, going to have a look at now is Immaculate Collegiate. Uh, Dan, what are the details on this set, please? Released on the 27th of July, you're getting six cards per pack, one pack per box, and five boxes per case. In your box, you're going to get five autographs or relics, one base card or base parallel, and it comes in at a fairly eye-watering $320 a box. High-end uh, product then. What are our uh, views on this one? Um, I, I love Immaculate. I, I, I like the NFL product, and I can't wait for that release. It looks it looks pretty sweet this year. Um, Immaculate Collegiate, it's nice. It's like a little filler before you get to the sort of meat and bones of some of the really nice product that's going to come up. Um, I like the idea of Immaculate Numbers. Love that, um, you know, in terms of having those patches that are numbered to the, the jersey numbers of the players. Um, I really quite like the chin strap signatures in this one. Um, it's kind of a new sort of, you know, it's a funky thing, you know, to have. So basically, it's a chin strap. Um, you could all, all argue this is a sticker auto, um, but, uh, <laughs> but it's a just, you know, a signed chin strap in a card that I thought that was quite innovative and good. Um, the ink combos like look really nice. So the combos are like mouth watering, but they're stickers. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, that that brings it down. Um, I think one of the most collectible things I think about immaculate collegiate, and I think this comes back down to um, the colours. You know, collegiate colours of uh, it's just awesome. You've got so many, and they're so in your face. And I, I think sometimes that can be really nice, particularly with items and patches. So the patches are absolutely sweet. Um, and you get the glove cards. They're 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 really collectible. Um, but but one of the things about the glove cards that kind of takes it a little bit away, and I can understand, is that it is a novelty because they're not game worn or anything. They're just replicas. Um, and it's it, it, but it, you know it, the price point is is high. Mm-hmm, definitely, Dan. What's your uh, opinion on this one? Uh, I'm uh, I'm not really enjoying following Ryan tonight because. Again, he's pretty much said everything everything I wanted to say. I'm similar to him. I uh, I really like Immaculate. Um, I probably prefer the NFL the NFL boxes, possibly due due to having my own personal box in a break at one point. Um, and I, and I think in this, the one thing that stands out in in the Immaculate Collegiate for me is that the patches the patches are absolutely superb when they've got all the sort of bowl games specific to the players. The the chances are the the player worn material so they're not game worn um so they might be they might have worn a jersey with 20 of them patches on but they just look absolutely brilliant in the cards um yeah and ryan's already said everything else that that i wanted to say again so well it's, it's uh, bad enough for you going second uh the one bringing up the rear me that's then uh just echoing the points that you guys have made i do like the uh the cleats and the the helmet bits and gloves and stuff, they are, even though they're not, you know, they're not player-worn or game-worn, they're just 
relics that are stuck in there. They still look very nice cards, and the quality of the cards is good as well. Only one thing I have, tiny little downside, we have to pick fault somewhere, is a lot of the relic cards where you've got three or four players on there, every single relic card I've seen of that, that it's just one colour. Just one colour. It seems a bit, bit strange to me, but maybe a few more will come out in breaks I'll see elsewhere. But it's just plain red, plain blue, plain white, and that's it. There's no mixture of colours in, in the relic cards when there's multiple players in there. Have you guys noticed that? Or is it just me going mad? I think you're referring to the ones that have come from the same college, are you? So when they've got the Yeah, yeah, or whatever, the three players from yeah. the same team, they were all just a, a blanket red. Uh, yeah, I haven't I would have said I noticed the same things as you really. They're all just they're all just a red a red patch card. They obviously weren't the, the bits of material I was I was referring to when I was raving over the patches lot, but definitely does. So then the third product we're reviewing tonight is Gold Standard Football. What's the uh, details on this one, please, Dan? Came out on the 11th of July. You're getting some cards per pack, one pack per box, 12 boxes per case. You're expecting one rookie jersey autograph, number 299 or less, four additional autographs or memorabilia cards per box, and a box is running at $164 at the moment. What's the uh, opinion on this one then, Ryan? So you can tell us what Dan thinks as well at the same time. <laughs> um, I'm going to keep mine brief. I'm going to give give you and Dan uh, lots of room to go at this one. Um, uh, obviously, the product la- launched last year. Um, kind of took it with a pinch of salt, you know, a bit of a suck it and see on it. Um, wasn't blown away straight away when I saw it. We had, we broke quite a few. We cracked for quite a few boxes in the group. Um, uh yeah uh, it's all right um i, I think that um the one the one thing that i really do like again um i tried to look at where how short print they were and there was nothing so i think they just sort of randomly inserted was the franchise honors autographs um which includes zach thomas andre trippett charles haley and lawrence taylor so i'm guessing they're pretty rare um although i don't believe they're numbered they're just sort of randomly inserted and my only my my own personal comment about gold standard is I saw gold standard as actually a replacement for black and gold. If you look at some of the designs, um, if you look at the sort of the rookie gold autographs, um, memorabilia cards, the RPAs look really really similar to the the gold black and gold. So it's kind of replacing black and gold. I wasn't a big black and gold fan. Never saw the fuss in that. So it kind of tells you where I'm at with gold standard. I, it, it's it, it's a product that's in the middle of a br- mixer. I can't see myself collecting a lot of the product. Okay. Dan, what's your thoughts on that? So whilst he kept it short and sweet, he still nicked, nicked me a major point, <laughs> um, which was it's <laughs> which was it's got a really strong resemblance to uh, to black and gold. And I was going to ask if either of you guys knew it had been bought in to replace black and gold. Is, is, is that what it was? Is that why it's come out? Because we don't get black gold anymore. So it's a lot more relaxed version of black gold for me i thought black gold was quite brash um and the colors were quite clashing uh, this is again i, I use the term i used in certified that it's a bit more sort of washed out the gold and it's not quite as in your face and i, I, I quite like that i like the, the gold ink autos and what have you it being a bit smoother in comparison to black gold when you used to get the um the team symbols in black gold and it's just all black and then you've got a real you've got a bold gold symbol in the middle it was it was really contrasting i wasn't i wasn't much for that but this seems a lot more sort of tied in 
if you know what I mean. Again, I'll compare it to certified football in the way that there's a, a good large selection of rookies in there as well. Sticker autos, there is a place for them and it's acceptable on a product where if you were to get three or four in, in, a, in a box for $140 or whatever it's going to cost you, yeah, that's, that's fine. But the standard of the sticker autos in this set are absolutely atrocious. They look like they've been put on by a crack addict three days into cold turkey. They're ski-whiff. They're not straight. There's all bubbles in them. And I noticed this straight away from the first couple of boxes I watched being, bro- being uh, broken on YouTube and stuff. And they look cheap and nasty. They look really, really cheap and nasty. If you guys have a look as well, I'm sure after the show you, you might be able to have a look. Different angles, not straight. The ink's awful. If you're, you've got a gold background, stick a gold sticker on it with some white writing. It just looks cheap and nasty, some of the sticker rolls. That's my problem with gold standard. Uh, but on the plus side for them, after I've slated them for about 30 seconds, uh, the relics do look uh, really clean and sharp on there. But a little bit more time and effort into getting your product, please, Panini, because just not up to stand on this one. Let's move on to the next section with the NFL season kicking off on Thursday night. It's time to do a little season preview. I'm sure every other podcast in the NFL you've heard has done this, so we're not going to take up too much time. Uh, each week, we're just going to basically give you the winners and losers from the, the games that our teams are playing in, just for a little bit of fun, and to see how much of a homer we all are. And as it's the first week, uh, we're also going to have a little bit of a prediction for who's going to be in the Super Bowl and who's going to be the actual winners. Uh, because his thunder's always stolen, let's go to Dan first on this one. <laughs> Right, okay, I've got some uh, I've got some bits for you. So you asked us to pick a season record for the teams. I've got the Giants at ten and six this year. I don't think it'll be enough to sneak them into the playoffs, unfortunately. But if we can if we can finish ten and six after last season and still be in contention, possibly in weeks fifteen and sixteen, I'd I'd probably happy after last season. Um first game, Jags at Giants. I'd like to hope Barker runs all over the place and rushes for a hundred thousand yards. That'd be stupid. Um, rushes for hundred yards against that Jags D. I, I I can't see it. I think our D's improved this year, so I'd hope. I don't really. Uh, I don't buy into the whole believe in Bortles thing. I don't really think he's all that good. And I think without the improvements we've made on D, we'll cause them problems on the side of the ball as well. Fancy is nicking it, but it's it's going to be close. One score game field goal at the end to win it um, something along them lines I've got a week one rookie who I'm interested to see and I've gone this week for Sony Michelle the Pats haven't had a really good run back in a, in a long time and although he's, he's playing against a tough D in the first game in the Texans it'll be interesting to see what Bill Belichick does with regards to having having a, a very capable running back Um in the game this year and how he uses him and, and what have you. And then Super Bowl 53 finalists and the winner. Right. I've gone for the Pats in the AFC. I just don't think you can, you can look past them. And I fancy the Packers making a run from the NFC, but I think it could be a sixth Super Bowl for Tom Brady. So Pats to win it all. Fair enough. Ryan, you gave us, uh, we asked you last week, for your prediction, you went 11 and 5 for your Titans. Are you still standing by that figure, or has your 
mood increased or decreased? Um, yeah, it's been a difficult week. Um, I, I'm revising that down slightly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, pre-season, of course, pre-season means absolutely nothing with a fantastic record of 0-4. Um, we didn't really play anybody, to be honest, in the pre-season um, in terms of, um, you know, getting guys a few snaps and that was it and really testing out. I think um, pre-season really genuinely was very broad, looking at the whole squad and saying, right, who can make my 53 rather than really looking at any kind of concepts or schemes and different bits and pieces. Um, so heading into week one against the Dolphins, I, I think we're, we are strong this year. Defensively, we're stronger. Um Controversially, I think my feelings have been fairly well known for a little while that this is make and break for Marcus Mariota. Has Mariota already reached his ceiling? And that's what I am worried about. I think he may have done. Um, I don't think even Matt LaFleur um, could make him a better quarterback. I think he's at that level and that's where he is at. Can he improve the offense around him and the scheme? Yep, absolutely, which will improve his stats. But I don't think Marcus is... Now I think in the mid-table situations, quarterbacks in the league, um, and we've got a, he's got a big year because we either pay him at the end of this year, you know, hundred million dollars plus, or we start thinking about what we're going to do about quarterback again. Um, and so that, that it, I do have some skepticism. I'm revising down to nine and seven, um, mainly because I think what we beat the Colts twice. I think we beat the Texans twice. Um, and looking at our schedule, which isn't too bad. In terms of Titans rookies, well, <laughs> we, we, we cut folk, so and two, our two defensive rookies are not going to be able to play in this game. There's injuries. We might see Dane Crookshank. Super Bowl-wise, yeah, um, we've done. I think um, I just don't see anybody at the Patriots level yet in the AFC. The AFC is miserable. Um, if you look on paper across squads, it, is, it, it just isn't. It's just not good. It's miles behind. Um, the NFC, um, but I see the Rams this year as being the team that um, takes them on in the um, Super Bowl, and I see the Rams winning it. Okay, <laughs> not nice to hear the uh, the Rams going to the Super Bowl from a Seahawks fan's point of view. Okay, um, well, Seahawks, we're definitely a, a team in transition this year, despite what anyone. It's it's, re, it's it is a rebuilding season, you know. That the Legion of Boom has gone. Uh, I think Earl Thomas will turn angry after four weeks, so he gets his accrued season, and he'll move at the end of at the uh, end of the year. They're not going to trade him for a third round pick. Why would you trade a guy? Because when he goes at the end of uh, season free agency, we'll get a third round compensation pick anyway. So you might as well at least get ten games out of the guy before he goes. He's been an absolute legend for the club. Uh, it's been a bit of a nasty falling out with him. Uh, Sherman, obviously, when he left, he was less than complimentary, and it's it's all about him. But Good luck to the guy, always a Seahawks legend as such. Our whole season is built on Russell Wilson. Um, he's going to have to play play all the aces at once to get us anywhere near to a decent record. I think as the season goes on, even back in uh, 12, 13, 14, when uh, we were at the height, so we won the, the Super Bowl 48, every season still started slowly. It was just It's the Seahawks way. It's never changed since then. I can see us struggling for the first few weeks, um, which ain't great because I'm going to be out in the States for a couple of those games, but <laughs> such is life. Uh, I can see us bouncing back towards the end of the season as there's some some decent young players that, that are getting a chance now. I think our secondary is going to be a little bit shoddy for most of the season until it, it settles down. Uh, Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, 
the mainstays, and there's a few decent uh, defensive line players. Frank Clark needs to step up this season. He's in the contract year. So we'll see what's going to go on there. Running the ball, uh, Chris Carson looks an absolute beast. If he can stay fit, uh, him and uh, Rashad Penny, the rookie, they'll make a, a quite a big impact. Well, it couldn't be worse than last year. We had one rushing touchdown the entire season. For our record, uh, I'm going nine and seven. Because uh, I think uh, Russell Wilson on his own will get you five or six wins against average opposition. And we'll probably get another four, possibly maybe even five if, if things go really well for us. But yeah, nine and seven for the Seahawks. Uh, open the season uh, in, uh, at Mile High in Denver. Uh, I can't see us getting much out of that. I'd, I'd... We're just such a hard team to read at the moment because we've gone so through so much transition this year that we went 0-4 in the preseason as well. But third game, when we played our starters for the majority of the first three quarters, we looked a lot better than Minnesota, who are probably one of the top four or five teams in the entire NFL this season. So uh, I see Denver winning the game on Sunday, uh, 24-17, unfortunately. Super Bowl 53, um, AFC is very weak. You have to look at the, the Patriots, but I, I just think it's time for, for someone just to move the Patriots out of the way. And I think this year uh, I can see that the Steelers getting there. Uh, be a hard-fought competition. I think in the AFC, there's anyone could come out of the pack and surprise you there. But in the NFC, uh, there are lots of potential winners there, as you guys have mentioned too already. But I'm going for uh, the New Orleans Saints. They seem all in this year. They've gambled and traded up in the draft to try and solidify. And I can see New Orleans beating the Pittsburgh Steelers in Super Bowl 53. So there we go. One final uh, preview for this upcoming season. Which team will we, uh, do we think we'll pick in first in the draft next year? Dan? Wow. Um, put me on the spot. Do you know what? I'm going to say the Browns. I don't think they drafted that badly. And, and I keep looking at them and thinking, at some point, they've got to have... They've got to have that season where they, they, they turn it around and they've put all the bits together and you, and you look at the team and you think, on paper, it's really not a bad side. And then I look at the sideline and see Hugh Jackson and that screams number one pick for me. Just, I'm sure you guys watch Hard Knocks as well. When you watch Hugh Jackson on there, he just doesn't come across as someone that would inspire you to play or seems to be... Don't know. It, it doesn't seem like a natural leader to me when you watch him on there, but it could be cut to make it look that way. But that's why some of the people I've seen, some of the people I've seen caught in the NFL for like tiny, tiny little mistakes, and then you look at his record as a coach. And I know they've been bad, but you, you look at his record as a coach, and how has that man still got a job? I, I, it, it really beggars belief how he's he's still in place there. <laughs> Ryan, who do you think is going to have the honour of uh, being on the podium first? Yeah, I think it's a it's going to be a a, a shootout between uh, the Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And um, the Bills, I mean, there there are some shocking offensive lines in the NFL right now. Um, the Bills go and you know go and get Josh Allen. Um, I'm not a massive Josh Allen fan, um, but with that shocking shocking offensive line. I feel sorry for the fellow. He's going to have to go in there. He's going to take hit after hit after hit. I hope they don't start him. 
I hope they don't start him. No, I think I, they, I, I don't, you know, because they, I don't they think did say gonna... today that they're, they're starting Peterman yeah. on Sunday. So yeah. I think that was because, down, so yeah. because they'll just wreck him early and not, not the guy's confidence. And he has got some skills. I, I just not as high on him. Like, I think he, he's a second rounder, but, um, so, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers just, just, I don't know. They just don't look good. They just look like a spent force. Um, Jameis Winston in the same bracket, you know, same draft as Marcus Mariota. So much promise and really not delivered. Um, they keep trying to put a run game together and it just, they keep getting injured. Um, they could have, you know, a savior in that in terms of Ronald Jones, you know, a quality, quality draft pick. But I, I, I don't know where the Buccaneers are at. And I think it'll be a shootout between Bills and Buccaneers for, for, for the bottom spot. Uh, I'm going with Ryan on this one. I have uh, Tampa Bay picking first next year. They seem, yeah, two or three years ago, they were the up-and-coming surprise team that everyone was tipping could be an outside bet. And since then, they seem to have regressed every year. They've got, as Ryan said, Ronald Jones is a good back. But but I've read a couple of articles this week where the coaching staff at Tampa Bay can't work out why he looks very ordinary at this moment in time. Obviously, you've got James Winston uh, missing the first four games of the season for his... uh, uh, antics in, a, in an Uber car with a driver, which didn't go down too well. Uh, so, yeah, it's next uh, May, it will be now, won't it? Next May, I see uh, the Buccaneers picking first in the draft, unfortunately for them. Okay, let's just have a quick uh, check on the rookie roulette section where we all purchased a rookie car for $10 or less, uh, with the goal being to see which rookie has the best season when it comes to card value wise. At the end of the season, we are going to put the cards up for sale on eBay. And whichever card makes the most money, there's there's no prizes. All the money will go to charity. Uh, as we saw last week, I had a Dante Pettis card. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, which card reminds which card you had? It was uh, a Kiki Kute, I believe it was. Yep, Kiki Kute, uh, Elements Gold from from, from Elements. Yep. And uh, Dan invested money into uh, a player he had high hopes for. Dan, how's your player looking this season? Uh, yeah, safe to say I've already lost. I'm afraid, chaps. And I'll be adding about 25 cents to the pot because Julio Scott is already on IR for the season. So that's that's the end of my rookie roulette. <laughs> whack, whack. <Oops>. Which, which <laughs> it highlights the problem with prospecting in football, doesn't it? When he doesn't even get through pre-season. <laughs> well, it could be worth more uh, after second year when he comes back and has a storming season. But, okay. <laughs> we're, going, we're going with a long, long long-term prospect here yeah <laughs> as i say in life shit happens but hey ho yeah. so it's it's down to a two-man contest um we, we could possibly let let dan purchase another player since the season hasn't actually started yet but uh we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that off air and let you guys know what what we come to with that so no guest interview this week we will have a couple more coming up in the next few episodes though This week we have a feature called uh, From Beecher to Barclay, a review of football trading card history. The history of football trading cards can be traced back as far as the 1880s, when tobacco companies began putting picture cards of athletes, actors, actresses and war heroes into cigarette packets. Yale University's Henry Beecher carries the distinction of being the first football player featured on a card when he appeared in the 1888 Goodwin Champions set. 
Tobacco companies continued to issue mixed card sets inserted into cigarette packets until the early 1930s, when the Gaudi Gum Company began putting cards into bubblegum packs in an attempt to appeal to the youth market. The 1933 Gaudi baseball set, which featured 240 cards, including Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig, is still regarded as one of the most classic sports card sets ever made. The first all-football card set followed two years later in 1935, when the National Schickle Gum Company produced a 36-card set that would include six future Hall of Fame players. Earl Clark, a quarterback from the Detroit Lions, Ken Strong, a fullback from the New York Giants, Cliff Battle, a running back from the Washington Redskins, Turk Edwards, a left tackle, again from the Washington Redskins, Clark Hinkle, a fullback from the Green Bay Packers, and most famously of all, Bronco Nagurski, a fullback from the Chicago Bears. The Bronco Nagurski card from this set is widely acknowledged as the holy grail of football cards. A graded Nagurski card sold for $240,000 in 2006. When the same card was put back up for auction five years later, it fetched $350,000, bought by an anonymous bidder. There are rumours that the anonymous buyer was seen dressed in Raiders gear and spoke with a West Country accent, though we cannot confirm this at the present time. The only modern day football card that comes close to this was a graded 2000 Tom Brady rookie card which sold for $250,000 on eBay in February 2018. The seller made a handsome profit as he had bought the card three years earlier for just $15,000. All these figures pale into insignificance compared to baseball's Honus Wagner, the T206 jumbo card from the 1909 American Tobacco Company set sold for $3.12 million in September 2016. The intervention of World War II halted production of sports cards and it wasn't until 1948 that Bowman Gum Company, Leaf Candy and Topps Gum all released football-only sets. Leaf stopped issuing sets after 1949 but both Bowman and Topps continued until 1955 when Bowman were taken over by Tops. Tops would continue to be the main player in the football card industry for the next 60 years, and in 1968 they became the only major football card manufacturer. 1970 saw Kellogg's putting 3D football cards into cornflake boxes, but it was Tops, who as the decade progressed, had a stranglehold not just in the football card market, but across baseball and basketball too. Throughout the 1970s until 1982, Tops did not hold the rights to reproduce the team logos on the helmets or uniforms of the players, as this license was owned by Fleer, who in turn did not have the license for the players' names on the back of their jerseys, as this license was owned by Tops. This resulted in Tops cards having the team logos airbrushed out for over a decade. Topps dominance continued throughout the 1980s, finally able to feature team logos on their cards 
their 1982 set proudly displayed the players' team helmet on the front of every card. Even today, 1980s rookies' cards are highly collectible, with huge names such as Dan Marino, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Lawrence Taylor and Barry Sanders all starting their careers during this decade. Two new companies, ProSet and Score, started making football cards in 1989. 1989 also saw a change in the way rookie cards were issued. Up until this year, rookie cards had been produced after a player's first season in the league. The 1990s saw Upper Deck and Skybox enter the football card world, although the main development in this decade was the introduction of new technology, which heralded the arrival of limited print runs and autograph cards. By the time the new millennium had arrived, sports card collectors had begun to find football cards extremely appealing, and their popularity had increased significantly. Unfortunately, the rising popularity of football cards couldn't stop a sharp decline across the entire sports card industry. The market had become diluted, with so many products available, and the hobby simply couldn't compete with the lure of video games to the younger generation. In 2009, Panini, an Italian company, at that time famous for producing European football stickers, purchased the Donruss brand. Donruss had been involved in the sports card industry since 1954, though there had been several different owners in the 55 years until Panini's takeover. For the next six years, Panini, Topps, Upper Deck, Bowman and several other companies all produced football card sets. With different companies competing for a share of the football card market, the standard of products available was extremely high. Topps Five Star, Bowman Sterling, Upper Deck Exquisite and several new Panini releases made for very happy collectors. High-end sets were introduced and became very popular with a generation of collectors who were returning to the hobby. The kid collectors from the 1980s were now successful adults with careers and large amounts of disposable income. The card companies were only too happy to tap into this. Panini's Flawless Football first appeared in 2014, a briefcase containing just 10 eye-catching cards with the cost of a single briefcase and eye-watering $1,000. The inception of group breaking allowed collectors the chance to gamble on hitting a card from their favourite team or player for the fraction of the price of buying a whole box. 2015 saw a watershed moment for the hobby, when Panini signed a 10-year exclusive licence for the NFL. They are rumoured to be paying well over $200 million for this licence. Top said farewell to the NFL card market, leaving collectors to mourn sets such as Definitive and Museum to name but two. Since Panini's exclusive deal began in 2016, there are very few collectors who would disagree that the quality of products has diminished. With no competition, Panini are able to put out weak products that several years earlier would have bombed against rival sets from Topps, Upper Deck and Bowman. The hobby has now drifted towards a chase for quick profit rather than building a personal collection to keep and admire for decades to come. Cards from draft picks who are yet to play a competitive game in the league are now the king's ransom.
with three quarterbacks and a potential once-in-a-generation running back taken in the first seven picks of the 2018 draft, the price of rookie cards has reached ridiculous and surely unsustainable levels. It doesn't sit well with many that a Saquon Barkley card with a sticker autograph numbered out of 10 sold a couple of months ago for $3,600 and that several cards for the highly drafted but unproven quarterbacks have already sold for over $2,000 each. Every new set that's released appears to have an absurd amount of one-on-one cards included in it. These are clearly produced for gamblers rather than collectors. The hobby has now reached a tipping point and it's going to be an interesting couple of years seeing which way it falls. From Beecher to Barclay, 130 years of sports trading cards. Oh, thanks for that, Brian. Um, what was the most interesting thing that you found out about car collecting um, in, in your research? Uh, I think looking back, it was, it was quite an enjoyable subject to go back on. Uh, one thing that does stick its head up straight away is there are not a lot of articles on the history of, of trading cards at all. It took a lot of, of digging and searching. Uh, you can't even find any books that are on the subject, but it was a good thing to research. Yeah, the thing that probably did stand out straight away was the fact that the exclusive license has weakened the the products. Panini do seem to be quite happy to throw substandard things out that a few years ago against people like uh, Bowman and Topps, uh, the, their market share, would, these boxes would have been in the bargain bin after a couple of months because people simply wouldn't be buying them. Um, obviously, the market does seem to be saturated by, by one of ones now and it's the whole industry does seem to be going towards uh, a prospect in it's not for people to be collecting sets. It's a case of hit a big card, make a profit and, and see what you can do. It's seen as it's, it was almost like a big gamble at times. What do you guys uh, think of the article? Straight away, um, quick out to Cam Strong. It was in the very first set. He's a New York giant. Um, feels good to be supporting a team that, that goes that far back, that much history. I like that. Um, what you just touched on there at the end, Brian, the prospecting. I, I can buy into prospecting, and I, I, you know, I can understand why why people do it. Something I've thought about doing, not not so much long term prospecting, um, but short, quick flip cards. If you if you could buy them, and then you were expecting them to have a good game or a good couple of games, and then get rid of them or whatever. Um, I think looking at where we've come to now, though, with the Barclay cards and the figures you you were talking about, the level it's gone to, it's it's just become ridiculous. That those rookie cards are fetching four figures, and the guy's done nothing. And even if he was to go out, I mean, he's this season he's going to have to go out and not only break rookie records, but he's going to have to go out and break NFL rushing records full stop for a single season. And even then, I aren't convinced that those prices can hold. At where they are i don't know what it is that's driving driving that because obviously they're in bid you know bidding auctions and and what have you so the, the prices but it's being driven by the consumer it just seems absolutely crazy to me that them them figures are knocking about and i don't mind sitting here and saying even as a giants fan if if steve wants to pull me a barkley in a break this year when i've got the giants the first thing i'm doing is putting that bad boy on ebay and then i'll buy it again next year when the prices come down Spoken like a true northerner. 
how many uh, older cars, like 1980s and before that, have, have you guys got in your collections? Ooh, I've got two folders. I've got two folders, and I've got um, of uh, Oilers, and I think um, I've got some uh, graded... Uh, PSA graded um, tops. I got some 82, 83, and I think some 85. Okay. Have you got plenty of uh, 80s stuff, Dan? Other than your clothing, uh, I've got obviously. Qu- <laughs> <laughs> I've got quite a bit. Yeah, I've probably got about half a shoebox full of uh, 80s and 90s, basically. So um, there's probably more of the more of the 90s stuff. But yeah, I've, I've, I'd go back that far with the. With the with the pickups, I haven't got any graded stuff like like Ryan. I, I don't I don't really do the whole grading thing. <laughs> That's for a whole another episode grading. But uh, yeah, I think I've got three folders of uh, Seahawks. Back in the eighties, it was just base really, wasn't it? There was no subsets. There were no real parallels. There were no hit cards as such. You just collected the set. It was like football stickers back here in the uh, in the eighties. Everything was that's what it is. Collect it swap it with your friends but now it is uh, almost like stocks and shares when you you're breaking cards open uh, so if you guys have got any opinions on our segment there from beecher to barclay feel free to drop us a line on the uh, uk facebook page which a lot of you guys are members of for guys that aren't in the uk uh, i know we've got quite a few guys that listen to us from uh, midwest box breaks out in fort wayne indiana uh, say hello to ben from there without it sounding a bit like hospital radio mate uh, but i know he listens to the show and Nice guy, and if anyone over here in the UK is considering some pick your own team breaks, uh, Midwest Spots breaks, good guy, mention us there, and Ben will sort you out the few cards in your first break as well. Um, so then, next segment is one of our regular ones. It moves on to Ryan's Rants. What's uh, pissed you off this week then, Ryan? Um, well, it, this is one that's been on the list um, a bit. It, it, it ignited again. Um, I had it a bit, uh, a bit of a mind about it last year. Um, it ignited again, actually, ironically, with one of the products that we reviewed, which was Immaculate Collegiate. So my my rant is a uh, Panini Reward Points, um, and I'm, and it, it's gonna be, I'm going to try and illustrate like how annoyed I am about this stupid thing anyway. So. Um, I got into a lot of Immaculate Collegiate um, breaks when, when it released. And what I noticed was in every single case, there was a 400 reward points, right? Now, I got lucky in one of those breaks. In a random, I actually got one of the 400 points. And I kept watching all these cases and cases. And there seemed to be at least one reward point in every single case. So I started thinking, well, this, you know, that's cool. I could get some. I'm going to go into the app. I can, I'm going to go into the app. Um, and I'm going to see what I could get. Oh, my God. It's like the dross of dross. It's like the, it's like the cemetery of all the cack cards that nobody else in the world wants in Panini Reward Points. You know what I mean? So, so you go in there, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh, I could get probably something quite nice. I got a few Reward Points now. I got a couple of thousand. No, absolute crap. The kind of stuff that people put in mystery packs in the group. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> which is, which is, which is replacing a hit. Which is replacing a hit. Um, in a case now, you know, if you're opening up a Crown Royale or something like that, you kind of expect half Panini reward points, and you're not too fast. But I actually kind of looked at the numbers of this, right? This is this because there is a scandal going on here, okay? So here's a scandal. 
if there was, and I, I, of every single case that I've seen opened of Immaculate Collegiate, right, if there was a rewards point, there are 35,000 hits in iMac, okay, that makes it equivalent of about 1,417 cases, which means, right, that 56 cases worth of Panini points that they produced. Wow. Right, okay. Now, if I go in there and get my 400 points, what can I get myself? Well, I'm a Titans fan. What do I fancy? Oh, some Z a Zach Mettenberger Elite. That's what I can get for 400 points. So I want to put this into illustration. Basically, Panini have put 56 cases out there into the market of elite Zach Mettenberger, who played 14 games for the Titans, <laughs> with an absolutely shocking. Absolutely shocking. So that is the equivalent of how rubbish Panini Raw points are. And the scandal that they would put them in, not randomly... Not because, oh, no, we haven't got enough product here. We haven't got this guy hasn't redeemed this or whatever. We just put it This is systematic. This is skimming off the top by Panini. Because I've calculated the 56 cases of this stuff is effectively just points. Just points alone. What I will say, though, if you've collected a few points, you're thinking, I can get something decent. A DeMarco Murray patch auto is 15,000 points. 15,000 <laughs> points. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This guy's not going to end up in a Hall of Fame. 15,000 points. 50, I would, for a one-on-one, -on -one, I don't, I think 15,000 points would be too high. The only thing I do like about Between Wars, because I want to try and have a balanced debate here, is they do the 8x10 rookie autos. <clears throat> People in the NFL group, um, if you want to check out some, Steve Poland's got a couple. They're quite cool. But you've got to get in really early when they produce those in the season. Um, they can vary in terms of price, anything from 4,000 points up to 10,000 points. But I'm telling you, this is a scandal. And I'm going to watch like a hawk this year to see if, once again, Panini is skimming off the top, scamming collectors, and also breakers, I think, for that, um, uh, and see which other products they are systematically putting reward points in. End of rant. Okay, that's Ryan's rant for this week. Obviously, very passionate about that, and uh, he'll have another one for you in the next episode. I'm pretty sure of that. Next section is the regular Ask Dan. Do I hear the dulcet tones of Alan Partridge? Dan! 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 Uh, as you can see from Dan's jovial mood, he's in, uh, in a question-answering mood. Dan, your first question about the hobby this week. Uh, can you go into detail about um, card sending etiquette? What should you do if you sell a card to someone? How should you package it? And uh, what should you charge for postage? Okay, the key thing here is protection. Um, sounds a bit wrong, but protecting the cards. <laughs> so there's varying ways. There's varying ways you can do it, and you can spend money on it. Um, you can spend lots of money, or you can spend next to no money. So the first thing is a is a penny sleeve. As the name suggests, they're actually cheaper than a penny. Um, they're a very thin, fine plastic that base cards fit into. They're going to look after the cards to an extent. Next step up, if you're sending hits and what have you that you want to get looked after, you can buy something called top loaders. They're like a hard plastic sleeve that are going to stop the card from bending or whatever in the post so that no damage can come to the card. However, it doesn't all have to be about spending money i've had i've had people send me packages from cards i've bought and they have used cardboard from a box of cereal folded up 
and folded up in such a way that it sits perfectly around the cards and then they've stuck it in the envelope, nothing's going to happen. You know, they've finished the cereal, they've protected the cards they've sent to me, bang on. As long as they don't arrive all creased and dented and, and what have you, that's, that's fine by me. Another touch on try not and send them really in a plain white envelope. They get wet, they, you know, they're easy to rip, they fall out, cards get lost, cards get damaged that way. And another one that I don't know if anybody's ever ever come across, but can people not put sellotape on the top of top loaders? Actual sellotape. It's better with a bit of masking tape because it just pulls off the pulls off the plastic nice and it doesn't damage the card should the card come into contact with the tape as well. Is is duct tape acceptable? No, definitely not. No. Okay. Because as we know, you are the king of duct tape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and um, what about uh, when you're sending cards? Um, what's the value of a card before you get uh, get the card sent in a signed for recorded delivery fashion? Completely up to the up to the buyer. Person, I personally have got a. Uh, a £10 threshold, dependent on if I want it, how quickly I want it to get there. So if, if there's obviously there's stuff I want to get there the next day and then I'll send it first class signed for and I know, it, I know it's going to get there and what have you. Um, I've personally got a threshold of 10 quid. So if I've sold something for less than 10 quid, I'll try and get away with sticking a stamp on it. It's, it's completely my risk. If it gets lost, I'm the one that's going to have to refund it. I'm not that bothered about refunding something up to a tenner. Um over that i wouldn't want it coming out of my my pocket so i'm going to get it recorded and then if it gets lost the royal mail can stump up for it <laughs> okay that seems we've cleared that uh first section up second question in the football card section for ask dan uh where can you find checklists if you're trying to build sets and if you need to find uh which players are available when sets are released Best place to, there's one or two places you can go to. The best place you can go to for me is www.cardboardconnection.com. Checklist on there are absolutely superb. That's what I use for checking out, checking out all of my checklists. Um, I use it for the information we get up all on, on the show when we're doing when we're doing product reviews. That That's possibly one of my number one, number one sites in my internet history on my phone, I think, Cardboard Connection. Excellent. Yeah, definitely a very handy site if you guys are new to the hobby and want to see which players are available when sets are released. Now we move to the interesting part of the Ask Dan section. Uh, okay, Dan, we have a question for you this week. Uh, first part of the question, do you consider yourself romantic? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Not at all. Not at okay. all. <laughs> okay, then. Second You've been speaking to it again, haven't you? Is, uh, what information does she give you now? <laughs> okay. I'm going to set a scenario for you, Dan, and I want to see what your answer is. We'll give you a couple of options as to which one you think you, you should go with. You meet a lady, you go on a few dates, you think, yeah, this is a lady I could possibly get married to and have children. You uh, get on very well, you take her back home and you you show her into your boudoir. And what, what what's, what's your, the most the best way to charm the lady into staying the whole evening with you rather than just going home. Uh, what should you have waiting for her in the bedroom? Should you have a uh, champagne chilled on the side and a couple of glasses, uh, B a nice bunch of uh, flowers on the bed to uh, tempt her in uh, C possibly a box of chocolates and a couple 
dropped on the pillow. Or perhaps D, a life-size cardboard cutout of Jeremy Shockey at the end of the bed. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I'm, you're going to pick A, B or C, and I think all of them would work well. But in, in my own personal experience, D works just as well. So, you enticed your future wife into your boudoir uh, with Jeremy Shockey standing at the end of your bed watching you. She didn't notice he was there until she woke up in the middle of the night and said he was staring at her. I don't think he was. But. Okay, so there we have it, guys. Wax Pet Lyrical doesn't just bring you information about card collecting. We also give you romantic tips for the Stoke community. If you want to pick yourself up a wife in the Stoke area, the cardboard cutouts are available from all good retailers. When I looked earlier tonight, we could get another one of those Jeremy Shockey ones for £21. And as Becky told us earlier, that the one that you uh, had at the end of your bed when you first started dating her, uh, that's at your mum's house and it's under her bed and you're still trying to bring it into the marital home. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. I want I want Jeremy back home with me. Okay. I think uh, if we get on to uh, the NFL UK cards site tomorrow, we'll start up a petition and uh, let Dan bring Jeremy home. That's going to be the petition we're going to start. With. <laughs> start an online petition to get him allowed back into the marital home. Okay, guys, if anyone's got any questions about the hobby, uh, you can get in contact with us via the uh, Facebook UK page, which a lot of you guys are members at. And also, if you're not a member, I will give out the addresses this time. It is waxpacklyrical at gmail.com or our Twitter feed is at waxpacklyrical. That's our stand for this week. We'll back to that next section. Okay, let's move on now to competition time. Last week, we uh, set a competition uh, there are only a few entrants, uh, but quite a few discerning answers, uh, which were a bit scurrilous towards, especially Dan. The competition was all three of us took part in the Wonderlick test, which the rookies are set at the Combine every year. It's a 12-minute test with full, uh, 50 even, multiple choice answers, 12 minutes to answer it. And we all took the test, all put our scores together, and we asked you guys to come up with the, the combined set of all three. The actual result, uh, the combined total was 87 between the three of us, which is quite middle of the road. The tie-breaking question was to uh, put us in order from uh, monkey to organ, organ grinder even. And how it came out, um, <laughs> we are sat on the, on the Facebook page and the, a lot of uh, Derazi answers all came in and said, Dan must have been third because we've met him and he's thick, which was a bit, <laughs> bit unfair, I feel. <laughs> I believe we can attribute that coat to uh, to Gav, which is fair enough, I suppose. <laughs> so the results were third, third place, bronze medal. Did go to the Stoke area and went to Dan, who got 24. Uh, silver medal, uh, quite a turn of the books, went to Ryan with 27. And somehow or ever, the, uh, the gold medal comes back to West London. Uh, I scored 36. So that made 87 in total. Uh Random draw will be made tomorrow because we haven't actually done it yet. There are a few entries and your prize will be out to you guys in the next couple of days. Well, guys, are you happy with your one-lit results or do you think you could do better if you took it a second time? No, no, um, no. I was quite happy with mine. I was quite happy with mine. It said I was as clever as Colin Kaepernick and, you know, in the recent turn of events, he, he, he's, done, a, he's think, done all right for himself now. So, I think, uh, Did you get RG3, though? 
Wasn't that your oh, one? I might have done, yeah. I might have done. I thought it was Colin Kaepernick. There you go. <laughs> that explains why I come last, doesn't it? <laughs> As the saying goes, Dan, in life there are piano movers and piano players, so just bring my stool up on the stage and bugger off, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, new competition this week with a mystery prize, so it's a good one to enter. This week's question, which you can enter via the Facebook page, or via our Twitter feed or the Gmail account, which I gave a few minutes earlier. Simply tell us how many one-of-ones has Dan Hewitt got in his collection. Once again, that's how many one-of-one cards has Dan Hewitt got in his collection. Nearest one uh, to the amount will win the mystery prize, which hopefully will be uh, posted off to you soon after we record episode number three. Okay, so that wraps up episode two. Uh, episode three will be coming shortly, whether you guys like it or not. If you need to contact us, you can do through the NFL Cards UK Facebook page or via our email at waxpacklyrical at gmail.com or again through our Twitter feed at waxpacklyrical. Check the Twitter feed uh, throughout the uh, next couple of weeks. There will be pictures going up. Uh, I'm off to the States at the end of next week. I'll be doing a few interviews out there, but we'll be recording whilst I'm out there as well. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, thanks to Dan and Ryan for being great guys and great hosts. Final words, gentlemen. Happy collecting. Good night, guys. Thanks for listening. Cheers, guys. Thanks all for listening. This is uh, this has been Wax Pat Lyrical. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Love the business. We'll speak to you all soon. See you later. Bye.